Serum Visions is a Magic the Gathering podcast about iterative brewing. Each episode, we work on a project, a deck, strategy, or archetype that we think has room for exploration and brew to the fringes of competitive deck building. In this episode, we ring in the new year by talking about the old, we'll wax poetic on the state of brewing in modern, and how the past year of cards have impacted the format. Jiggy will revisit Monastery Mentor, and Brian has uh, some tickets to burn on Dance of the Mance and Tezzeret Agent of Bolus. Have a sip of your blink, Montonic, and it'll be your third eye. This is Serious Welcome to episode 33 of the Serum Visions podcast, coming to you from the workshop that inspired Mishra to build his workshop. I am one of your hosts, Brian Madden. Joining me is a 1-1 monk token with prowess, Arun Singh. How are you, Arun? Doing super well. Recording a little bit later than we normally do. Uh, I had some internet outages. Wild, I mean, you know, Oregon, West Oregon is kind of, or East Oregon has had a lot of weather, uh, troubling weather recently. Uh, so I think that affected us, but got it up and pretty excited to record. It's been a while. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, yeah. Also joining us is a man who can only be found in the eye of a shark typhoon, Zach Ryle. How are you, Zach? I am better than ever. I had a wonderful New Year down in Florida, uh, which is the eye of many hurricanes, including <laughs> uh, some amazing chart-topping uh, plague scores. Uh, someone's running some kind of, what was that, Plague Inc. or Virus Simulator or something like that. They're doing a bang-up job. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, but I, I was with my dad. We were on the West Coast. It was very, very boring and safe, and we had a lovely uh, Christmas uh, just with a small number of his friends who are old and don't go anywhere. And then I had a great New Year's where we didn't go anywhere, and it, it was, <laughs> honestly, it was a great time. We watched uh, a bunch of travel documentaries. We were watching this one with... Uh, Ewan McGregor and another um, oh, English celebrity, yes. Charlie Borman. Charlie. Where they, yeah, they Charlie's took motorcycles. Got malaria. You know, they took <laughs> motorcycles on three different crazy, crazy road trips. If you haven't heard of this, Arun, you might enjoy it. Their first one, they went London to New York by going east. Long way around. Long way around. So, so, they, so almost... they took ferries and stuff? Yeah, yeah, basically. So they went all the way. But they basically went all the way from there to the eastern part of Russia, over into Canada, and then down. So really, it was only, like, one major uh, water crossing. Yeah. Intense. It's really cool. Yeah, respect. And it's really, really intense. And uh, I biked 110-plus miles in a week. I biked oh, in my first nice. Peloton. Not on a Peloton, in a Peloton. <laughs> I was drafting. I was in the wind. Dude, did you feel it? I've always been curious about that. I, you could feel it. You could super feel it. Because uh, for the first while, I was too nervous about getting too close to the wheel of the guy in front of me. Um, for obvious reasons. Like when you, like, but you, you learn very quickly that like, you can trust people to just move continuously. And you kind of get a feeling for when they're going to slow down a bit. And everyone calls out everything they're doing. And I'm really used to doing that. So uh, it was great. It's, it's, it's like, if you like cycling on your own, you should try doing it in a group. I don't guarantee you're going to like it. But like... It's very very cool. Yeah, sounds fun. I always love to be love to be a fish in the fish in the school. Yeah, well, and it's like 
you know, it's inspiring, it's motivating, you know, they're all there to just, like, get a good exercise and, and push each other, and, uh, you know, sometimes people get dropped off the Peloton because they can't keep up, and it's, like, just more inspiration to go harder next week, or you fracture into a bunch of little groups, that's what happened on uh, New Year's, it was, it was really cool. I don't know. I don't know that Arun would be able to find a cycling group in Portland. Uh, I oh, hear that city is not a fan of the bicycles. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no bikes here actively dispersed. No, but you probably get out out of the city, like because I, you want to go out on like more rural roads. That was that was just pure sarcasm. Uh, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I could. Is I, it a big I, bike city? I actually have yeah, no idea. Yeah, I could probably join like seven bike groups in half an hour if I wanted oh. to. <laughs> The only thing I know about Portland so far is it's like a hipster something, some kind of hipster Hell capital yeah. of the world. Portland's sick. And, I love it. And and it has a shipyard. Those are the two things I know about Portland. That's it. I think I've seen the shipyard only briefly, but yeah, Portland's sick city. I love living here. Well worth it. Portland is Portland is where you go to retire in your 20s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean... Well, you mean I missed it? <laughs> that's it's not or, over? or 30s i mean honestly that's really funny brian that's not terribly inaccurate it does you know especially especially with covid being you know like <laughs> things do feel different than they used to but yeah anyways portland's a sweet city i love living here well we've got a ton of magic stuff to talk about but since we just touched on it uh how's this how's this uh new virus variant going jig yeah uh not great not great not gonna lie um uh, in case you haven't been following, Omicron is here. It's, uh, you know, now we're hit, now we're hitting the surge. Uh, if you look at South Africa, they peaked relatively quickly. If you looked at Great Britain, they also peaked and looked like they're finally on the decline. It does not look like that for the U.S. For one reason or another, like we're not mirroring the U.K. and South Africa patterns. It seems likely this will still burn itself out relatively fast. But it's going to go through a big chunk of our population, uh, you know, Please get boosted. Like you, pretty much need to get boosted at this point if you want to have a chance of not getting Omicron. Uh, of all the COVID patients, the hospitals I checked this about uh, four or five days ago, only seven percent of all total patients uh, are boosted. Which means if you if you get a booster, you're unlikely to wind up in the hospital. Even if you only even if you have your second dose, you're still pretty likely to wind up in the hospital. Uh, you know, maybe you'll have mild cases. The other thing too is just because. You know, just because it burns through and it passes, the reason why uh, this Omicron variant passes quickly or uh, more quickly than other variants is because it just spends less time in the lungs. So it's like less viral and skin, but it's still, it's not out of your body. It's just out of your lungs. You know, it can, it spreads in your lungs. Like you can spread it if it's in your lungs, but if it's not in your lungs, you know, like you're going to spread it less. So just because you're out of the cold or just because you're, you know, you get Omicron and then you're done with it, you might not even be done with it. Uh, so yeah, it's not it's not great. Um, yeah, unfortunately, American society and our government is not very well set up to combat this. It would likely be the responsible thing to like, you know, stop seeing friends pretty frequently. Uh, even you know, like I wouldn't. I don't think you should gather indoors in groups unless everybody uh, is uh, boosted. Uh, everybody is boosted. Uh, but you know, it essentially just comes down to personal risk tolerance. Uh, for me, you know, like I'm probably gonna be a little selfish and you know, see my still see my friends maybe a little bit less often. Uh, but you know, like that's a, I don't live with I don't really see anyone who's just like high risk or any of those sorts of things. But you need to make your own judgments. Uh, but just be prepared because Omicron is pretty serious. And once again, you know, just like keep an eye on how things are going. Uh, hopefully, we'll mirror South Africa and the UK, but maybe we won't. And just definitely keep an eye on that because you know everything's up in the air again. 
Yeah, I've cut the uh, the paper magic out again. I was reading that um, children who are getting Omicron and children are getting it at a higher rate than previous variants uh, are they're seeing children get diabetes afterwards, which is like horrifying. Um, so I'm going back into lockdown mode to try and protect my son. Yeah, I mean that's definitely the smart thing. If you have, you know, just like if you. If you live with unvaccinated populations for one reason or another, you know, definitely I would, you know, that's really good. Uh, just chance to just, you know, cut out your doing things and stop seeing people, you know, be- better safe than sorry. Because once again, the biggest issue is that we just don't know, you know, this new variant. We just yeah. don't know how long it lasts. We don't know. We don't know what the long term effects are. Do you think there's no long term effects of the vaccine? Nobody knows what the <laughs> hell each of these individual variants has. And they can each variant can have a different uh, long term effect down the road. No, like deltas might be different from omicron might be different from the alpha strain the beta strain whatever so just you know like it's yeah it's definitely a little scary uh there's just very a lot of unknown information and it is much more if you put a better safe than sorry you might be thanking yourself in 20 30 years yeah well said that said the uh learning that i have the most to do from is uh i'm back from the states five days now so i'm pretty much out of the woods in terms of having any symptoms or things like that but i will say i had my first ever (laughs) pair of stress dreams on the way there and back because my god is testing so stressful to find right now that's exciting Um, do they do you get the super deep nose probe or just the shallow one so to go down to the states (laughs) <laughs> Easy peasy, shallow nose pro, oh. no problem. The states doesn't give a no, no, that's fine. Getting back to Canada, I had to have that deep swab, Ooh. and that sir burned like a mother. I know it hurts. Uh, I got it once. I was it, just it, like, holy crap! It doesn't hurt that much, but I could imagine if it had to happen more frequently, it would be more irritated. The Shutter. most important thing to me though is it was like it was like searing in my nose, and I was like, is there something on the swab? He's like, no. I'm like, oh, cool. It just feels like you're scratching my brain <laughs> with, like, some acid or something like that. But it, it doesn't last long, so. Water up your um, nose. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah, but, but for me, there was, like, a like a prickling, like, acidic kind of feeling. Oh, like, yeah. It was ah, bad. It's a little. Oof. Yeah. It's like if you, uh, I don't know, if you were, like, cleaning your, your ears with a Q-tip that you dipped in some, like, uh, I don't know, what's it called? Oxy, oxysporin? That's what it felt like. Anyway, but more to the point, uh, booking your tests is a hairy matter because, like, they have to be taken so close to your traveling, but now you have to book them so far in advance. It's like you got to gamble that your your flight's actually going to leave. Um, <laughs> luckily, yep. Yep. luckily, what I can tell you is that uh, my dad had given me great advice and had me fly from our major airport to his closest major airport rather than the closest airport. So I could have gone to Sarasota, but I went to Tampa instead, which is an hour drive for him instead of like a 20-minute drive. Well worth it to go to a major airport because they're having much, much less delays. Nice. Um, (laughs) But I have to be travel concerned um, because even before we get to the magic, even more, but I promise, promise, dear listener, this one's important. I could have said it at the end, but I think it's important to get you now while you guys are still listening. We're about to get to the magic, but the magic uh, might be coming to... A change? I'm not going to say an end. Might be. So uh, in about 10, 11 days from this recording, uh, on the 20th of January, uh, I'm probably heading down to Florida again, this time going to the east side, to Fort Lauderdale, 
to the uh, rehearsal facilities for my cruise ship company. I'll be there Woo! for four or five weeks, and then I'm going to be joining a ship again. Um, the ship I've been assigned to is out of New Orleans, the the Windy Apple or whatever it is. No, the, the Big Party Easy. City. <laughs> yeah, the, the Big Easy. So uh, that's one of my favorite places I've ever worked. Uh, turns out that one of the singers that I'm working with is someone I have worked before. I'm really excited for that. Uh, it's going to be really, really intense. Uh, there's still a bunch of pro- COVID protocols on the ships as well as in the rehearsals. So I don't know how much fun it's going to be compared to the old job. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not even 100% sure I might, I'll might. i even get to the ship. I might be four months or four weeks into rehearsal and I might get sent home because things are getting shut down again. We, we don't know what's going to happen with that. But as far as my intention is, it's to go there and take on this contract. And once I'm on the cruise ship, I'm not going to have internet 100% of the time. I'm not going to be able to play so much magic online. I'm not going to be able to stream. Um, so if this is the first place you're hearing this, the Mana Simple channel will be going on hiatus for a good number of months. Whoa. Seven-ish. I know. It's big. Damn. Um, and I've had time to process this. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm sorry for anyone that I'm uh, ambushing with this. Um, but, you know, I've had time to process this. And I asked myself, you know big questions before I took on this contract. And the truth of the matter is I was intending to go back to cruise ship work when the global pandemic started. Um, I spent seven years, you know, three years trying to get to university, four years in university, learning my craft. I worked for the cruise ships for five years. I liked my job. I liked what I was doing and I had every intention of continuing it. And while this time has ended up being a beautiful gift, you know, getting to know people like Brian and Arun, like so many others, like building this Twitch stream, like building a community, like being inspired to do music parodies and things like that. Uh, I think I would definitely regret it if I didn't go back to this, you know? And so you can expect to see more content from me in the future. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know when it's coming. I'm going to have to do a bunch of adjustments to figure out what I can do from the ship, what I'm inspired to do from the ship. You know, my job is going to come first, but if anyone knows me, I am an incorrigible nonstop creator and there's always crazy ideas percolating around in my head. And I always think, well, why don't I put that thing into the world? Because if I don't do it, no one else is going to. Uh, Many of the ideas I've gotten to put into place, things like This Week in Modern, things like that. No, I've not seen anyone do anything like that before or since. And some of the song parodies I made, no one's done that. You know, not specifically the ones I've done. So, yeah. Thank you, everyone who's listening to this now. Thank you, my Woo! co-host, for being with me the whole way through. And uh, you will have at least two episodes coming from us. So I guess that's uh, all I have to say about that. We'll just have to make sure that they are game-ending bangers. bangers. Yeah. For sure. Well, or, or, after, or about a month from now, we come on and we go, So I'm on my way back <laughs> to Canada. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you never... Well, never know and and honestly uh both outcomes would be wonderful uh any sort of return to uh normalcy normalcy but but you know it's hard to say that when there's still covid protocols in place and there's still a pandemic raging um but still you know it's it's good uh and i i think either way if you end up back when we'll keep on trucking and keep on making content and if you end up on the cruise ship then that's awesome and i will have to book a cruise and uh heckle you <laughs> <from the audience. gasps> 
that'll be it. If if you go on the cruise ship, the way that we keep this going is that Arun and <laughs> you I... You guys come on and we record the podcast. <laughs> yes. Just got to do it live. This is uh, brilliant. I, I, hey, you know what? We'll do a... Hey, if you or Jiggy ever come on, on board, we'll do definitely a one-off live recording. It, it will happen. That would be hilarious. Uh, and once I actually make it to the ship, that, that knowledge will be on my Twitter, I'm sure. So people will be able to book cruises on if you want an exclusive interview with me or from me. Uh, just come on the cruise ship. We'll create a podcast. We'll do a new podcast every time that person comes on board. <laughs> Whatever it is, you know? Love it. Hell yeah. Love it. Yeah. So uh, this is not the end of the journey. Uh, you can always find me on Twitter and, and get at me on Twitter or that that's pro- that's probably the best place to get to me in the near future will be uh, at man assemble on twitter i'll be able to check that from the ship and rehearsals and, and anywhere i go in my life so if you want to keep in touch with all the things that i might be doing go ahead and do that awesome sounds good so we have yet more big news here uh normally we would take a stop and talk about the meta a little bit but i i don't want to I don't want to steal Jiggy's thunder. Jiggy, Woo! you know the meta, and you know the meta for a very good reason. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you lay it on us? Hell yeah! So you know, went on vacation uh, back home in New York, Pennsylvania. Uh, it was amazing, you know, just like getting to see friends and family. Uh, you know, <laughs> not the most relaxing because you were just seeing friends and family, but you know, just so nice to see them. Uh, and you know, didn't I didn't like even think about magic. Didn't you know? Like I didn't check anything magic, which was honestly very nice. You know, like, not even like the Discord. It just felt very nice to kind of disconnect for a little bit. Uh, you know, especially since I was getting so heavily invested previously and got back, uh, you know, a little bit before New Year's and, okay, you know, like, it's like getting back in the swing of things. I wanted to play one of the challenges, uh, you know, Sunday challenge always works best for me. Uh, you know, got it. Like I was feeling, you know, I really wanted, I wanted to play Breach. You know, sometimes it's like you, you know, you feel like more, you don't necessarily want to play Magic Online, but you feel like playing Magic Online or like, you know, you're not less excited about it, but you're just kind of playing it. But I was like, excited to play Breach and on Magic Online again. Uh, so I tried the warm-up league, uh, you know, and the number one criticism I get is play for expressive iteration. Uh, so I put a fourth one in, I mean, and I have done this, you know, it's not like I'm, <laughs> it's not like I only tried three and like, oh, let's, let's not go to four. I've tried four. I can't explain it, but every time I add the fourth, I just like do poor. Maybe it's like the, you know, it might just be small sample size, could just be randomness, whatever. But so for the warm-up league, I added a fourth one. I went one four. Uh, it was like, it, honestly, it was just hilarious. It was just. I don't even remember just everything. I think I faced like Grix's Death Shadow twice, and then I faced. Me- it was just like nightmare matchups, just like everything going wrong could go wrong. It was just wild how everything just did not work out. And I was like, okay, you know, like, anyways, I'm just going back to three iteration, and I played the Sunday challenge anyways. So I registered the list, uh, and yeah, I got a solid. Uh, I mentioned top eight. I started off 6 0. Uh, 1, 2, 3. Uh, no, actually, I started off 7-0 and then lost my last round, uh, but I was locked anyways, uh, and then made it to the semifinals. So it, w- it was pretty exciting. It was actually, you know, really funny. I got the round one bye, like the literal bye, uh, which is, you know, it's like, okay, this is definitely a good sign. <laughs> uh, you know, unfortunately, like, I, you know, I'd, I'd had my coffee, and, you know, even though it's like 4 a.m., I'd had my coffee, and I already ate my breakfast, so I can't really, you know, people are like, oh, just go back to bed. It's like, I can't do that. I, I envy the people who can, <laughs> but, you know, like, once I'm awake in the morning, I'm awake in the morning. Uh, so I had the buy. Round two, uh, I saw Luris as a companion. I was like, oh, no. Uh, and then they go, uh, and then they're on burn. And I was like, oh, yes. Because uh, burn is a great matchup, especially with the two dragon slots. So I beat them. Uh, so I beat burn 2-1. Uh, 
Uh, round three, I faced four color Yorion, uh, which I 2 owed because, you know, deck's kind of a joke, which is great. They have, I think the, the stock <laughs> ones now are like two counter spell, two force of negation is like their only interaction, their Yorion deck. And yeah, I mean, whatever, you can sell two it all with my Emery's, like, or deal with the Ragavans, who cares, whatever. You know, like, yeah, like you just can't do anything, I'm gonna find my combo eventually. Uh, so I 2 owed them, uh, around four I faced Grixis Death Shadow. And I pulled that one out 2-1, you know, once again, I got super lucky. I think game one, uh, it was, I had one turn to top deck the Breach, uh, and I top deck the Breach. And that's the other thing, too, like, I, I, I always remember just, you know, like, how come the way to top eight a challenge is to draw well and get good, is to play good matchups and then draw well in your bad matchups. Like, you know, it was, I mean, you can, you know, definitely, you have, you have influence, of course. But, you know, just like, I, I beat Shadow because I drew what I needed when I needed it. And then I lost game two, and somehow game three, I, I stole again. Who knows? But that, that was like, wow, okay, this is good signs. Uh, round five was Black, White, Grief, Femblade, and that, like, I, got, I hate that deck. It's just so uninteresting. It's like, hope my 4-3 Grief maybe gets there. Here's a Stoneforge Mystic that finds a Caldra. Good luck. It's just so boring. Uh, but I, I crushed it 2-0 because, you know, I can't, top, can't, you know, the deck can't top, can't... Th you can't thought see the expressive iteration off the top of my library. And, you know, Oof. too bad. Uh, and then rounds... Poor Underworld Breach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just like they just sit there and then, oh, like, and then you just make a big construct. They can't do anything. Like, you grab Aether Spellbomb off the Saga, you bounce the Caldra. It's like, what are you doing? Can't even, can't even pick up your Caldra. Now it's just seven mana rock over there. Uh, round six <laughs> was four color Yorion, uh, which I 2 owed. Then round seven, again, was four color Yorion, which I 2 owed. Uh, if you'll notice, I faced four color Yorion three times. It was great. Uh, you know, that, that's the reason to play these this decks in combo decks too. Just I forget that they just have a great four color Yorion matchup. Round eight. You two owed them every time. Oh yeah, the games were not close. They were like kind of. No, low. I know. It's just like when I discovered Velomachus back in the Titan meta game, and it was like <laughs> I have a hundred percent win record against them in challenges. One hundred. Listen. 100% and you're you're you've got almost the same thing against four color. Yeah, I think I think I've lost two and they were both the Martinez DP uh, And you know like only uh, he's also like the most talented pirate there is pilot there is and then so after round seven I mean after round six I was probably locked round seven definitely made me lock round eight. That was against Grixis Death Shadow I uh, that you know, they're like oh like are you like in I'm locked they're like oh like I'm not sure if I'm locked I'm like, you know, like I don't know what they're on. It's like, I want to play it out because, you know, I, I just want to play Magic. But, you know, I'll scoop. I have no problem scooping if I'm, the, if I'm in a winning position. And they go turn one, like, Fetch, Land, uh, Blood Crypt, Thought Seize, like, revealing Luris. It's like, okay, like, this is going to be pretty quick. <laughs> it's like, opponent had no need to worry. Uh, and sure enough, they crushed me. It was, <laughs> I did not draw, I did not top deck the Breach when I needed it. And likely, we did not beat GDS. Uh, high correlation there. Uh, then, but you know, top eight, that was pretty exciting. In the quarterfinals, I faced four color Yorion again. I crushed them 2-0 again. It was actually like, they mulliganed to five game one and they put up one hell of a fight. It was like nuts actually. I, or maybe it was even to four. I, they mulliganed really low and I was like, I had, I had a pretty strong hand. I was like, okay, this is great. Uh, but like, you know, they, they put up a fight. I was, I was really impressed. I thought it was going to be like a joke, but they, they, it was, it was impressive. Uh, but then in the semifinals, you know, all good things come to an end eventually. I faced Living End, uh, and they just like, you know, they not drew me. It was just not even close. They had like, they had Force of Negation both games. They had a Raisin Borrow bo both games. Uh, game one, they killed me with combat damage on turn four after Force of Negation and Brazen Borrower. And game two, I forget, but like, I got crushed. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's a pretty bad matchup anyways.
Uh, but you know, it was sweet. It was finally, you know, I, I've been playing a lot of these challenges and I finally made the top four, top eight, even top four. That was exciting. You know, the deck felt, Breach felt great. I really enjoyed playing the deck. I had four games where I had essentially had one turn to combo and Saga fetched Brainstone and then Brainstone, I activated Brainstone to find like the missing combo piece. There was actually this one time I had to go for like this Hail Mary and Brainstone found me two Mox, Ambers and the Breach. It was like, it was nuts. <laughs> It was just it was like, okay, you know, like, I've got to crack it because I've got no choice. I was probably, I think it was probably against Grixis Shadow, honestly. Like, you know, that's that's how you beat Grixis Shadow, is just, like, those sorts of things. Um, then, you know, like, I, I, like, whatever, will crack it, and, like, Amber, Amber, Breach, I'm just like, ding, wow, you know. So that was, that was pretty great. Uh, I'm, the more I play Brainstone, the more I like it, and the better I think it is. I don't know if this is, like, me adjusting to his playstyle, or maybe there's, like, some kind of learning curve on it. You know, either could... I don't know. Other people say they don't like Brainstone. They don't know what it does. That could be very possible too. I think it's probably just playstyle, uh, a more sort of playstyle thing. But that's kind of the big thing I learned from this challenge. Though it's like I really, I like the Brainstone. Uh, and uh, one thing, one of the big reasons I like the Brainstone is that th th in the end we're an A plus B combo deck. Where you need, yeah, I, you know, sometimes you win through Saga B. Sometimes you get like double Darcy flip with Emery and you just like win on turn four. You know, like that. That's great. And I love that. But oftentimes, you just, it's just selling A plus B. And Brainstone, just with the added tutor, with the added tutor from Saga, you know, kind of is just like a, an always an extra option to help put A and B together. Especially since your only real dig is Chandler, uh, you know, drawing cards with Emery and Bobble, and then the Express Federations. So you're not like the most, I mean, you go through pretty fast, but just a little bit, I found it to really help. Uh, so yeah, that was, it felt sweet, you know, very exciting. Yeah, just. I don't know. It just, it all felt right. I like, that's really just the best way to describe it. I felt really good going in. It felt nice taking a big break from it. It felt nice, you know, just like playing the challenge again, all these things. And yeah, it felt, felt great. And, you know, got the top eight, top four. Very exciting. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, it was sweet, you know. I'll definitely, Breach, <laughs> Breach will forever be my love in modern. And, but I should, you know, I should definitely, I want to think about more like maybe taking like a week long, week long breaks from magic here and there. Because it definitely, like the challenge was much more fun. And even like, after after doing well in the challenges, okay, like I fired up two more leagues, not uh, just like over the past few days. And I, I trophied, and then I went four-one, only losing to like, uh, only losing to Grixis that shadow in like some absurd manner. And you know, it's just like, oh, like that feels great. Like you know, I really enjoyed it, and it made it was it felt like much more fun playing than it had been recently. Uh, so you know, I I like that break, and it it just felt very good. So super exciting. My only uh, question is. How are you going to do me like that? I, we had somebody come into our Discord and ask if the Brainstone is uh, an important part of the deck, and I was like, no, it's a flex slot, definitely a flex slot. And now here you are, recorded, saying that you like it. And I mean, it's definitely you know, I got egg on my face. I got it's egg on my face. It's a flex slot. You know, it's just like when, you know, like often, it's just, when, how lucky are you feeling, really? You know, like for me, I think it's great, but... You know, other good players with the deck just don't like the Brainstone. And, you know, I definitely, I trust, I don't think I'm right. I just know Brainstone works for me. Yeah, Zach? Well, no, the last time I've been, I was playing it, I was like, yeah, it's fine. I got the Brainstone. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like it's, yeah. And Zach, you well, know. You, well, you, you confirmed that I'm a pretty good player of the deck now. Yeah, yeah. No, at for least sure. This, at least the last couple leagues. No, I, yeah. I mean, your last two leagues were, you know, I watched your replay. You trophied with the deck, you know. I clear, like, you know what you're I doing. Did. I mean, I you've did. also, like, at yeah. this point, you've played, like, probably like seven or eight leagues with all the different variations, you know, Lazav Breach and all these strange variations of Breach that like I've had moderate success with. So you're, def you're definitely a very yeah, good Breach yeah. player. And, no, you know, and, like and, and the, 
the truth of the matter is like brainstone is just one of those things where it's like it's kind of low cost to have it um i think people just get irritated by the 61 card thing <laughs> but but no but like the the truth of the matter is like what your response to them should be like all right you cut something yeah Me? yeah i'm happy to play 61 cards i'm happy to play 61 that, cards. that's what i tell people i don't know you know like if i wasn't happy i wouldn't do it Right, like there is the story that I have now of um, God's Shadow, who was like this the uh, Grixis Luris player for the longest time, who just could not stop five owing and de doing well in challenges. Playing, it was like sixty three card main deck Luris Shadow, and I finally had someone play against him in a challenge. I was like, "Can you please ask him about the deck size? Because he keeps playing this size," and he was like, "Oh, the ratios are right." I was like. Okay, <laughs> I believe it. Like, what, he keeps doing well. What, what no one else is doing at the time. There was no one else doing well with that kind of build. So, you know what? If you believe in what you're doing, uh, I've seen Dom Harvey and Ari Lax even uh, talk on Dominaria's Judgment about uh, scapeshift builds that were like 64, 65 cards before because they just needed to fit more lands in. Like they were like, the math says this is what we should do. We should just go up. Yep, I like it. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So uh big congratulations to Jiggy. Ooh, thank uh, you, thank you. Yeah. Your your previous top eight and then this top four. Um it's a it's a it's a very proud record to, yeah. uh, to have. I'm very you know, and they're they're a bit sweet brews, you know. It's not like I'm not playing Burn, I'm not playing Grix's Death Shadow, I'm not you know, it's just like these are the decks that I came up with and or at least I played a large part in developing. So that's even more exciting. Yeah, no. I think it it, it it lends really well to uh, what the, the guys on the dive down have been saying about the skill format. It's like, if you have a deck that's, like, proactive, you understand the metagame, you know your good matchups, your bad matchups, and you don't have too many of the one category, you can you can do stuff like top four challenge. You could probably, theoretically, you could win a challenge, but you got to be lucky. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, if I could, <laughs> there was another four-color control player, like, had I faced them in the semifinals, but then I would have lost to Soul Strong in the finals, and, you know, like, there's no... I already beat Grixis the Shadow once that challenge. There's no way I was stealing a second one, especially against <laughs> the best... <laughs> almost, almost, unarguably at this point, the best uh, Shadow pilot there is currently. Oh, I don't think anyone's going to fight him on that, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it gets... <laughs> Yeah, just a lot of a lot of luck and just got to keep playing. Got I mean, I think Spike's only won one modern challenge and he's played in a whole bunch. Oh yeah. Uh he won a PTQ as well. Yeah, yeah. So that was another challenge level event, but yeah. So was this this was at the end of 2021 or was this at no, the No, beginning. Of this is like the second. This <gasps> is Hey. Did you did you top 4 one of the first challenges of the year? You're the, way up on the board, baby. I know, right? Yeah. The second challenge of the year, not bad. The challenge race has begun. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, we'll, uh, instead of looking forward, we'll look behind us at a year of brewing, our, our first full year of brewing on the books. Stay with us. Welcome back. Uh, so as I said before the break, uh, we are going to talk about 2021. We're going to reminisce. We're going to go back. 
Uh, and honestly, this was not the original idea for this episode, but uh, I went back to look and see what we were doing this time last year, and I noticed um, something kind of funny, which is that we have been working on decks like Kinnon, and Kinnon Arayo, uh, Grixis Lazav, um, Song of Creation decks, Bolas' Citadel decks, even Breach, all year long. And, you know, we say that we are an iterative brewing podcast, and sometimes I think that might get lost in the, the, the minutia of the, the episodes, right? It's kind of hard to craft a good story uh, for the evolution of some of these decks, because sometimes you're only char- changing a card or two here or there, right? And that doesn't make for a particularly compelling podcast, uh, not a two-hour one anyway. Um, but you know, when I looked back and I saw that we were working on these things and, and we may not do it every single week, but we always revisit these shells and we revisit these ideas. And that was always the idea to begin with. That's, that's what we wanted to do. And so I just wanted to kind of bring attention to it and highlight it and say, Hey, if you are interested in some of these decks or these shells, take a look back at some of the older episodes, you know, we have it in the description, what we worked on and we have the, the deck lists. Um, and it's kind of interesting to see how these things have evolved over, you know, the past year or even longer in some cases. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's kick it off. Uh, last year, uh, in January, we started off with some painter's servant brews in our January 5th episode. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we were doing all kinds of wacky things back then. We were trying to get out, at least I was trying to get out Painter's Servant with Iona. Um, so I think it's kind of cool that Velamachus ended up in the limelight this year and became the deck that effectively, you know, I was trying to build, I was trying to, to cheat it out with, uh, Tooth and Nail, I think at the time. I don't know if we had tried Indomitable Creativity. I would have to go back and listen to that episode to see if we we had given that a spin. I don't think we did. That's kind of surprising. But also, Zach, when did you start playing Creativity? I, I can tell you almost exactly when, uh, and I could look up the video and find the actual tape, uh, of, um, what did I call it? Polywarp? Yeah. Uh, Velomachus Polywarp? It wasn't until the I summer, though, right? Well, yeah, because it wasn't uh, until Strixhaven released. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. It couldn't be until Strixhaven released. So it was uh, April 25th, 2021 was when the video went up for my very first Velomachus League. How funny. Right. So, yeah, so we did But that was within con- two weeks of... That was in, actually, I think it was about the week of the release of Strixhaven. But, yeah, Brian, you have a really good point here. Indomitable, creati- Indomitable Creativity into Painter plus Iona is kind of hilarious. Right. I yeah. mean, yeah. it like it doesn't win, but it like it's hilarious. Well, well we, did, we didn't I, even think of that though. I you know I think it's cool though because we had uh, we had a, a spiritual ancestor to the Velamachus deck. We'll we'll say, uh, and now we've got you know Sarah's emissary and Emmercool locking it down. So uh, I I just love that that sort of turn of events happened. Um, back then we were also working on Kinnan Arayo and Grixis Lazav, so I guess some things really haven't changed much. I miss, <laughs> I miss that deck so much. It was never, it was never real, but man, it was so much fun. Just like, <laughs> I don't know, like turn two, play Lazav, turn three, like, my favorite thing was like turn two Lazav, turn three, Mox Amber, cast Kroxa, copy Kroxa with Lazav, and then swing, and the next turn escape Kroxa and like swing with, uh, man, it was just like... It barely ever worked, and sometimes it did nothing. Uh, but, you know, when you had two crooks to swing on turn four, it felt disgusting. Yeah. 
maybe one day you know there's always there's always a hope just just don't don't ever give up hope that's all i'm saying yeah well i mean i think uh, i was actually thinking about this you know i was like okay you know because when it first came out like when ragman and first came out so, oh you know ragman drc struck that into like the croxa lazav thing essentially uh you know i think what just happens is ragavan and dragon rage channel are essentially the same thing that lazav and croxa <laughs> do but they do it independently and they do it by costing one mana yeah like, you know, they just snowball. Like, Lazav and Croak, so they're snowball threats, but <laughs> so is so is Darcy, if you get two Darcy's down, or even, you know, Ragavan, our famous... The famous monkey is, like, so snowball-y, you know? Like, sometimes a Ragavan <coughs> will, like, win you a game, the Croaks, it wouldn't, honestly. Yeah. So, uh, at the end of January, we had the release of Kaldheim, uh, and that is when the Tybalt Menace took over. Um, snow tried to be a thing again, uh, but we continued to mourn the loss of Astrolabe. Rest in peace, our snowy friend. Um, Snowlobe, lost yeah. the time. And, and for a bit there, we had high hopes for some of the new legends, Burgie, Magda, Egon, um, but ultimately Tybalt is the only one that had much staying power, and even that has waned with the release of Modern Horizons 2. Um, the, uh, the the Soul Tie Bring to Light, Tybalt deck... Uh, I've seen it a couple of times, but it really fell off after Modern mm -hmm. Horizons 2 was released. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, like, it's... <laughs> with Ragavan and Darcy, just, like, who can even pay five mana? Like, even paying five mana for a Tybalt expensive as hell, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, the I, I think, like, we've seen... Uh, and I know, Zach, you've done well with the, the Magda Bugs deck, whatever it's called. It, it's... You know, there's there's Dwarf fun bugs. decks out there. There there's fun things out there to do. Uh, they're just not super competitive. Um, you know, we'll keep uh, an eye on the horizon for new legends. Uh, that's why we were particularly excited about those. We thought, hey, maybe we finally have the Mox Amber enablers that we have always wanted. Um, but no, no. And uh, at at this point, you know, uh, we were trying to add new cards into canon and song of creation shells um and i think we were also playing some leg legacy and some vintage i think that's when you were playing uh vintage for the vintage yeah. series yeah. yeah yeah that ended up being pretty fun uh my my foray into vintage means when i watch vintage i'm a little bit more hooked in and uh it's uh that's a crazy format it's like if everyone drafted the best vintage cube decks like, what would it just be like if they were smashing together? It's a surprisingly smaller number of turn one kills than you would think. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of good hate to go around. Yeah, that's definitely part of it. If you get upset, if, if, if Cave Dan is upset that Modern gets Force Negation, Vintage gets, like, seven of them. <laughs> it's, like, crazy. Yeah, yeah. So... Smashing into each other like it's Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, yeah. My... my my question for you guys is: What is the lasting, uh, the what is the legacy of of Kaldheim at this point? Because you know, like I said, Tybalt's kind of died off. I, I cannot. I was I was racking my brain trying to think of something that Kaldheim has left us with, other than uh, maybe some pathways, and even the pathways don't see much modern play. It's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it. You know, like Kaldheim can. There's some cards from Kaldheim will probably pop back up. Uh, you know, as soon as just, like, I don't know, something gets banned or, you know, just, like, something changes. You know, like, Modern is very shifting right now. Like, it's always yeah. very shifting. Uh, you know, right now, Kaldheim has just been overpowered by Modern Horizons 2. But, you know, just, like, maybe new 
the other thing too, like Keldheim had some, you know, legend, some legendary payoffs. Uh, Kamigawa's, uh, you know, the new Kam Kamigawa is gonna have a whole bunch of legendaries, a whole bunch of legendary payoffs. There might be some synergy there that could unlock some cards. So you know, yeah. Well, Bridgie is always uh, a combo piece, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Bridgie's yeah. just waiting for something. I mean, the the Kaldheim season had the number one lasting legacy of it introduced Valky, <coughs> which for some reason, like Valky breaking the format in half for about 10, 11, 12 days. It was two weekends worth of challenges. Um, that had the prolonged effect of causing the Cascade rules change, which killed the Valky Cascade deck. And then the scorched earth banning of in modern that was uh, Uro Titan of Nature's Wrath, Mystic Sanctuary, Field of the Dead, Simeon Spirit Guide, <laughs> and Tybalt's Trickery. Mm. Like, there was one deck, quote unquote, that was a problem. And their response to this was, well, I guess we've got to do something. And oh, by the way, while we're doing that. I guess we'll change the entire face of modern. Now, I'm not saying that didn't need to be done. I'm just saying it was really, really funny timing. Like, it had nothing to do with the Valky Cascade decks. The Simeon Spirit Guide ban, yes. But those other three cards basically had nothing to do with that with that deck. And so For sure. it was really funny that, that they chose to do it that way. And as we'll get into a little later on, uh, there was a set that was released later that year, which makes some of those bannings seem... Like, they might have been a little much. Uh, I think out of Field of the Dead, Mystic Sanctuary, and Uro, something had to give. And uh, I'm, I'm more than prepared to say that it was Mystic Sanctuary uh, and or Field of the Dead. <laughs> give um, me back my being... Uro. Well, no, and I just want to say that, like, Uro requires a mana investment. Uro is not fetched by fetch lands. Uh, like... Uro, yes, there is some repetition in game state, but nothing compared to Mystic Sanctuary looping cryptic commands. Nothing compared to uh, Control decks being able to put out a Field of the Dead and just effortlessly creating, like, 10 power and toughness the first turn that they did that. While they're um, recurring their cryptic commands on top of their deck and triggering their right, fields. Right, while they're it, casting disgusting. their Uro. Like, for those who have not had the traumatic experience of on turn five, your opponent plays Omnath, Fetchland, Time Warp. Then next turn, they reset the Time Warp with another Fetchland, create four mana, use something to draw it. It's like, it's really something else when you play it against those Money Pile, Renin Six, Omnath, Teferi, Time Warp, Mystic Sanctuary decks. They yeah, were also man. usually playing Uro and Field. Like. <laughs> That was, so that was one I hell am. of a time. Yeah. So so here I am looking for cards that were Kaldheim's legacy, but really the legacy of Kaldheim is the removal of cards and the changing of rules. Yes. Right, right, yeah. That's how it goes sometimes. You know, that really plays into the Viking theme, I think. They uh, they really <laughs> just kind <laughs> of went for and leave. Pillage and leave. Come from the land of the ice and snow. Man, good song uh, and good movie. It is, it is a good song. So, uh, moving on, Strixhaven releases at the end of April, which brings with it Expressive Iteration, Prismari Command, and Velamachus Lorehold. <laughs> and at Don't this forget point, Clever Lumamancer. Ah, Clever Lumamancer, yes. You like getting killed on turn two, Dan? <laughs> no, but it never happened. Yeah. So it happened at, to me. 
I got killed by turn, uh, turn two by a Lumamancer at least once. Not often. Rough. That deck usually just fell over. <laughs> I mean, in the previous season, everybody was terrified that Prowess was just going to get even better, right? Because up until this point, Prowess had just blue been red Prowess, running yeah, amok. It was popping off. And and hilariously, the pickup, Expressive Iteration, it took them a good long while to figure out that that was something they actually wanted to do. That is pretty funny. I mean, in re you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but uh, yeah, I I don't remember it, it, any hype around expressive iteration. At least no, not to there, the magnitude that the card. Now yeah, no way. Playing. Most people, you know, it, got it pretty wrong. It might have been a late preview too. Um, again, there's another card like that that I remember from later in the year where it's like I remember seeing it in the full spoiler, but I don't remember anyone ever actually getting it as a spoiler. Like, nobody, no content creator was like, this is the card I got. Look how great it is. Here's all the things you could do with it. Like, they just were like, yeah, it's a thing. I don't know. It's, like it's off, just a whatever. bulk common. Uncommon in this case, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I like Strixhaven a lot. Um, they poked fun at it on Faithless Brewing being like, haha, it's like going to Harry Potter world. Look at all the school tropes in there. I ended up liking Strixhaven a lot for what it was and all the style that they put to it. And Yeah, um, I liked it. Yeah, yeah. It, it didn't feel like over... I mean, I'm sure the story was terrible. I haven't actually read the story, but, uh, you know, it being disconnected from a, a general larger plot, the fact that Liliana's a professor there and <laughs> all that nonsense, I mean, that feels like a bit much, but... Uh, the limited set was really cool lesson learned for limited was awesome um that was a really really cool mechanic it's cool conceptually um i mean i'm kind of glad they didn't push any of the lesson learned mechanic because that would have been really annoying like you yeah. think companions are brutal imagine like having to dedicate x number of sideboard slots because your deck is basically always kind of a karn deck like oh my goodness yeah and I, I really like it for all of the cool niche cards. I still love Witherbloom Command. It's just like a really, really aggressively mediocre card. It just doesn't do anything <laughs> super well. It would I don't be know so what reasonable are. if it was an instant. It would be so reasonable if yeah. it was an instant. If it was yeah. an instant, it would be like, all right, this is like... This is like pretty good. As a sorcery, I'm like, nah. Why nope. does it give minus three minus one? Why does it give minus three minus one so as sorcery sad. speed? But it's still a cool card. It's still a cool it card. Is, no, it's cool. It, it's definitely cool. It's just one of those things where you're like, really? Yep. It couldn't have been minus two minus two. Really? It couldn't have been an instant. Really? None of it. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. It's the reverse Ragavan. Oof. So, and, and at this point, we were brewing with Mentor, we were brewing with Bolus's Citadel. Uh, actually, I think this is where the uh, my love for Witherbloom came from, uh, mm. is realizing that it was a good fit in the, the Citadel deck. Um, and, you know, trying to play with things like Sedgemore Witch, which I still also think, great card, uh, just looking for a home, much like Monastery Mentor. Um, you know, I, and they, they seem to have printed a number of these now. We have one in blue. Uh, I don't remember the name. It came out in one of the more the recent Poppet sets. Stitcher? Yeah, yeah. I think that's the one. Yeah. I mean, the issue, I've actually, I want, we need, if, if we're messing with all the mentor decks, the biggest weakness is you only have four mentors and there's not another card like it. And these other ones, they don't trigger on artifacts. Like, it's so hard yeah. to, like, 
if you don't, it's so hard to play Mentor without free artifacts. It's just like night and day, honestly. It's just, it's banana. Every time I play the Mentor deck, it's just the turns where you can just like Mentor, Amber, repeal Amber. You're just like, okay, like now I'm in a very good position. If you go even just Mentor into Amber, it's just like, this is a little bit lackluster. Yeah. You know, it's just, but uh, these stupid new ones don't trigger on artifacts. Just like, God damn it. Well, they wait. also don't have tokens with prowess and all sorts of. It wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't wouldn't even matter, you know. Like they, I mean, obviously you'd want some kind, of, but the pop and stitchers, you know, like all your dudes become three threes if you have five tokens. You know, that's essentially the same as mentor, where like you know you get five tokens, yeah. you swing for fifteen next turn. Same concept. I don't know. See, Sedgemore Witch, though, if you have never had the opportunity to cast a storm spell with Sedgemore Witch on the field, I think you would love it. It's yeah, sweet. but the only storm spell is Flusterstorm, and everything else is win more or terrible. So, you know, it's yeah. like, <laughs> if maybe if we had yeah. access to, like, eight Sesmore Witches and eight one-mana Flusterstorms, then, okay, I could be, I could be, you could you could entice me, but, you know, just, it's, <laughs> you know, you're still, you're missing, you're, you, we don't have the rule of eight, and so you're not convincing me. As much as mm. I agree, it would be fun, but, you know, it just seems unlikely to happen. All right, all right. Hey man, I've so, can't tell you how many times I've just like dug through like forty car. I've just shred through my deck looking to unearth a mentor, and like if you don't find it, it's just so awkward. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's uh, that's always the feels bad, right? That's yeah. yeah this, uh, Strixhaven Legacy, I would say, Express Iteration as like ding, ding, ding. Holy crap, this card's busted. Can you imagine? Uh, if you just, you know, you wouldn't even, if you Mystic Sanctuary was still illegal, people would be Mystic Sanctuarying their Expressive Iteration. Holy shit. Oh, that would be, that would be disgusting. That would be disgusting. Ah, you know, okay, so rewinding a little bit back to this Mystic Sanctuary, everybody blamed the death of Snapcaster Mage on Mystic Sanctuary. And now that Mystic Sanctuary is gone, we still don't see a lot of Snapcasters. Yeah, they, they were probably wrong. What's up with that? Well, there no, there there is a distinct reason why we don't see them now. Companions. Well, we we'll get into that exactly. But 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 that didn't happen until the release of Modern Horizons two. Um, so one of the things that you know, Strixhaven, as we said, you know, it, it was a standard oriented set, but I think it actually put a lot more cards on the map um, than Kaldheim did. Um, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, a full cycle of gold color commands, just like the previous one, a couple of them had to stick, and uh, I think we kind of saw that bear out. Um, there's, like, the the one that gets played a lot, which in this case is Prismari Command, and the previous one it was Coligan's Command. Um, hilariously, they have the exact same mode against Hammer Time that gets used all the time. Um, <laughs> and then you've got the sort of offshoot ones like a Tarkas command, or in this case, Witherbloom command, where it's like, in a certain color combination, it's maybe kind of okay, or Dramokas command. Um, but then, then we had the big set of the year, and it's almost crazy to imagine that world before this time. Oh, uh, yeah. Because then we had Modern Horizons 2 come out, and I honestly can't remember the feeling of going into this um i think i was actually very distracted by playing a lot of the velomachus turns yeah yeah time this is when you were started you're on your tear you started your tear right yeah i i did and uh it it actually <coughs> continued into the modern horizons 2 season in the in the first within the first two or three weeks was when i went 8-0 into the top eight on the saturday challenge um and then died in the 
quarterfinals, but uh, Velomachus Turns was a early contender in the Modern Horizons format uh, against some of the early food decks. And it's really crazy historically to think back to this period and see the week-by-week development. It was like every week or two there was emerging a major archetype that kind of upended the format. And some of them have become tier one staples of today. Some of them have spiritual successors that are tier one staples of today. And some of them are sort of futzing around in the bottom of tier two. So uh, much churn. I remember the first, like, The first band calls were for Asmo and the food stuff. I, I distinctly yeah. remember Oval that. Oval Chase Daredevil needs a band. Yeah, Oval yeah. Chase I, Daredevil. It's Jesus. What were we thinking? Well, yeah, the the whole the, right. the fluctuations right. as people were discovering. It was just super cool to see just such a churning metagame. Right. So the, the first deck, as we alluded to, that kind of took off big time uh, was uh, Asmo Food. Uh, in various uh, configurations. The two major ones were blue-red and blue-black that kind of took off in the beginning. Um, And we were very quickly playing all sorts of brews with Academy Manufacturer. (laughs) That was our our go-to. Oh, yeah, man, that was great. Uh, Got the trophy. We never tried it with the cookbook package. (laughs) I swear to God someone should have suggested it, but we didn't figure that shit out. In my defense, in my defense... Uh, the, the episode that we did the manufacturer stuff, I have a list in there that is very close to, um, mm-hmm. one of Doomwake's food lists. Yeah, the time mm-hmm. one, It was right? like within eight cards. Hmm? Yeah. The time I mean, it's, one? It's really, it's really incredible, yeah, to see. Uh, I think I had time sieve in there. It was a Saltai list, yeah. Well, we've been playing time sieve from, uh, from the Teamer <laughs> Kinnon days. Because we needed something to wish for with Karn so we could just take an extra turn and win the game, quote-unquote, like that turn. After after drawing a billion cards with uh, yeah. Song Creation. Song Creation, yeah. And, and we had, like, you know, 20 mana. And so the idea was, like, well, we could get a Walking Ballista and kill them with that. Or we could get a Time Save, take an extra turn, and attack them with, like, three Constructs. Um, so, wow. yeah, I mean, it was really crazy to see that. And then... The churn began, and it was like uh, suddenly there was this blue-red Delver deck that suddenly it cut the Delvers, and then that was Murktide, and then Murktide got taken down by Hammer Time of all things, like mm-hmm. Hammer Time. Oh, it was a meme deck, like, but someone figured out the configuration with Pure Steel Paladin and Sigarda's Aid. There's um, a saga, man. There's a saga. Yeah, yeah. There's a saga, <laughs> and. Uh, and then from that point, I actually don't remember which deck was next. I know the week, the week, the week zero deck. Like when the when the set was out for like two days, it was Team Rhinos. Team oh, yeah. Rhinos was yep. the, the the day zero deck, and then the food decks was the first week after that, and then it was Hammer Time, and then I actually don't remember which which deck kind of took over after that. I think there was a little bit of tugging back and forth. Um, I know that at this point the food decks were falling off so heavily that the idea that Urza's Saga had been talked about as a ban was already like a joke. It was like it flipped on its head really fast. Um, Lantern Control was in there in the first while. There was a huge, huge push of Lantern Control because uh, they figured out they could use Saga. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, yeah. Is so much flux. Yeah, someone I, should like document that. Like hold just like two months of Mon Horizons. 
the thing that is most shocking to me throughout all of this is that this is the point where prowess finally died up until then we had been bitching about getting stomped by prowess for oh like, yeah you know that two was... or yeah. three matches yeah. oh, every league Lavidart, for Lavidart and Lavadart and uh monastery so still give me nightmares and and mutagenic growth you can't kill anything they always have a mutagenic growth yeah i'm not gonna lie i i actually hated prowess and uh Heliod Hell. That was I. I hated that. That was like awful. Oh right. I, I, I did not think that was like, yeah. interesting. Man, it was like. Where did Heliod go? Yeah, I this I was man, I was playing Grixis Lazar Breach trying to plow through this. Like damn, no wonder I, I had totally no wonder I was doing Heliod. terrible. And then um, you know from that point we very slowly approached the metagame we have now. I would say in addition to both Hammer Time and uh, and uh, Blue Red Merc Tide, uh, some of the top tier top-ish tier uh still includes both the cascade variants uh team of rhinos and then i don't remember living end having any one particular period where it popped off i just remember that like individual pilots from time to time would just win challenges and it seems yep. seems to still be the case is like living end never has a great weekend it's just that one person that ran it who wins the challenge like gabe nasif uh had a, a sick run in the nrg no, it wasn't the NRG. It was that uh, other esports uh, conglomerate that already collapsed. <laughs> um, I remember them. Yeah, um, but like li living in is one of those ones where it's just like this dark horse, but like all the time. It's like any format seems to be oh suddenly living in is gonna win a challenge. Um, so we got the two Cascade decks. We got Blue Red Merktide. We got the Hammer Time, and then at the moment I see Jund uh, Saga being not so much of a player but it definitely was a, a a part of tier one for most of the year um once it was discovered yeah there was uh, like a there's a lot in months. vegas yeah and um that deck is that is the spiritual successor to food decks and what people realized was well the worst part of the food deck is asmora and the cookbook and the oval chase so what if we cut all that out and like took the grindy elements and then put it in a shell that was good at being grindy and semi-aggressive which was jund uh with luris and that has ended up you know that was for a good while a top tier deck and then aspiring spike took his version which was the black red version that did amazingly that ended up winning uh, uh we're gonna call it gp vegas uh, cfb vegas the biggest paper event that has happened since the beginning of the pandemic so there's def definitely a version of that floating around. Um, and then Blue-White Control took a while to solve, but there is and has been a top-tier control deck. Um, Thanks, Solitude. Right, yeah. exactly. But it's amazing to think, like, how how long did it take for people to figure out that Fury was any good? Like, about six weeks? Oh, yeah. And Solitude... Like, people were playing Solitude, but I don't think people realized how good Solitude was for a long time. Um, Everybody was all hung up on grief. Yeah. Oh my god. Right. Oh grief. That's the powerhouse. Oh, oh turn one grief ephemera. <laughs> that's gonna be the play that everyone's gonna gonna hate. Oh my god. Can't believe I queued into that. I mean, we still hate it, but you don't lose to it that often. No. It's just no. It's really wild to me that you know, like, Modern Horizon is surely so many powerful cards, but somehow like. Modern gameplay is pretty nice, you know? It's fun, it's interesting. There's, you still have a bunch of diverse decks. I mean, you know, the biggest, I think, issue with it is that 
you know, if you want to have a good deck, you still have to play a whole bunch of MH2 cards. They, uh, check this out, actually. Uh, like, Blue-Red Grinding Breach is 28% Modern Horizons 2 cards. Which is, yeah, that's, that's like over a quarter. Pretty, that's actually probably very average for, like, Tier 2 plus decks. Yeah, but, like, I mean, and that's the wild thing, though, you know? It's just... If you wanna, if you wanna be, you can be a good deck and you can be an interesting deck. But if you include some of these Modern Horizons two cards, it greatly increases your chances of being a good deck. But you can well, just play with them yeah. in different ways. But I mean, even before this, I would say, before MH two came out, there was a trend in modern decks that like decks that were including cards in the last two years and in the last five years were probably better than ones that included less cards from the last two to five years. Uh, with some few exceptions, but there there was definitely a trend to like a lot more of the newer sets more recently have just been getting powered up. Oh yeah, um, for sure. Although that's uh, that's what's so funny about the earlier sets in 2021. Uh, th like we said, Kaldheim didn't really have much of an impact. Um, right, right. Strixhaven, I, Strixhaven has a handful of role players. But overall, obviously not as powerful as Modern Horizons. Then again, you know, Horizons set, it's it's hard to be that powerful. But as we'll get to, I think that we actually have a lot more powerful stuff that released at the end of the year, post-Modern yeah, post yeah, Horizons. Yeah, we definitely have some, uh, some big stuff coming up. So um, on, on the heels of Modern Horizons 2, if we can depart from that without you know dissecting 60 plus cards that have a lasting <laughs> impact on the format and i really mean it like there's probably that plus more um we had inventions and then forgotten realms which has one of the most interesting and then totally forgettable mechanics ever which was venture into the dungeon mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. i uh, uh, really hope to god i never actually have to see a dungeon card in paper because that sounds incredibly tedious much like mm -hmm. the sun and moon card um if anyone plays a werewolf liberator against me, prepare for a groan. Um, and AFR has some really cool cards in it that were thoroughly overshadowed by Modern Horizons 2 for a while, but some of them really found their place. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Ingenious Smith. Can I interest anybody in Ingenious Smith? Remember, that's just Glintness Crane, guys. This is just Glintness Crane. Are you telling me that there's a Tarmogoyf I can play that draws me a card? I am. Because yeah, I see sweet. a Tarmogoyf that draws me a card. That's what I see. Zach loves the Smith. I do I mean, love the Smith. But it was it was mostly overlooked. Uh, and, and again, I I don't know who said it, but I remember people saying, oh, it's just Glint Nest Crane. This has been printed already. Glint Nest Crane right. at least has flying. And here we are. <laughs> and here we are. I mean, I, I think at the time people had really hadn't realized how good of an artifact uh, support color white was. Yeah. Which is, like, both surprising and not surprising. Um, and, um, and of course, like, Hammer Time, again, had not... That hadn't been developed yet, right? So mm -hmm. it, it is not surprising. No, um, Hammer Time was all... Hammer Time was already there. Hammer Time was, like, way far from... Hammer Time's been around for a while. Right, but I'm I'm talking about modern Hammer Time, not the meme Hammer Time build. Because I played Hammer Time. I can dig up the video. I played Hammer Time when it first caught on, uh, which was after Colossus Hammer was printed. And the only way they had to equip it that they played, not that it existed, but that they played, were Magnetic Theft and Core Outfitter. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's what they played to equip was... hammers. That, and we've completely flipped on the head. We, yeah, we, but they it... played 
the the Neither one of those now. yeah but when they discovered the, the versions that played pure steel and uh, cigar they, they were actually like they came out a while ago too it was like pretty pretty short at early, shortly after domineering oh, really? yeah like i think dom harvey or Ari like one of them have sure. an article on it on star city games that like outlines it's really cool really interesting do highly recommend it uh but they talk yeah. about you know like when all the decks popped up and when and yeah hammer time's actually been around for a long time it was, it was urza's saga but that really pushed it over the edge it- it wasn't popular though. No, yeah. The thing is, like, when it when it first was discovered and it was playing the setup I'm talking about, it was like, it was a flavor of the month. And yeah, then I yeah, guess yeah. since then people were working on it, but it wasn't like well known. Yeah, yeah. But it was, you know, like still, it it, it looked pretty close to its final form, and it was, and, and it huh. was, it was winning tournaments and challenges way back when too. Was it really? God, I have to go back and learn my history on Hammer Time better. But uh, I, suffice I remember, to say that. Oh. That no, but suffice to say that that and uh, was was overshadowed by Portable Hole, which we all thought was going to be a pretty good addition to the modern card pool, ended up being totally overshadowed by Prismatic Ending before finding its own in uh, Urza shells and some artifact mid range shells. I still love it. I think it's yeah, great. It's fun. It's a nice. It's a great tool to have. Definitely glad they printed it. And then we've got Oswald Fiddlebender, mono yeah, white artifacts. Yeah, Spike has a Fiddlebender. Spike's probably has had the most successful Fiddlebender brew. Oh, by far. By far. Because the Affinity decks that were trying to play it figured out that playing Neoform was way better. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Well, then they also... also- I- I'm going to steal this card because I-, I, stu- I hate this stupid freaking card. Tasha's hideous <laughs> laughter is, like, <laughs> atrocious. It's just... Oh, my... I, I I've just just I've been wrecked by that card so many times. Twenty eight is my record for being smacked by it. They took twenty eight cards out of the top of my library. Just absurdity. Like it's uh, I hate that card so much. I've lost a mill because yeah. they went turn one fatal push, turn two fatal push, turn three Tasha's, turn four Tasha's. And I didn't have a library, and they still had like six cards in hand, and it's just like nothing matters. I don't even remember what deck I was playing, but I, I lost to like, you know, turn three Tasha's, turn four Tasha's, turn five Tasha's. And yeah, that works too. It's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> We're not playing Magic today. I got four cards left. Rough. Yeah, it is it is blue burn, and uh, I, you will not change my mind. Anyone who disagrees with me, it's it's blue burn. It's about it's, as interesting as blue burn. I, I Okay, so as somebody who has tried to play burn and does not like it, I really enjoy Mill, and I did not think I would. Uh, and I'm not sure what it is. I agree with you, it is it is basically Burn, but it feels different enough to me that I can enjoy it, whereas when I play Burn, I'm just like, this is stupid. I hate myself. It's because you get to be spicy. It's like, oh, you know, I'm attacking your non-thing. And also, like, it's much more tilting. You know, like, no one comes prepared for Mill. <laughs> well, I, I well, also no, think I, it's... I, I like the control there's aspect. definitely, like... Yeah, mm. I mean, because the, the thing is, you... You don't, yeah. You're you're not attacking on like a normal axis, and there are really weird play patterns in mill that can reward you big time. Like there's like draw step surgicals, and you know where do you play this thing, and how do you make the archive trap get turned on? And and burn doesn't have a lot of that. I mean, the most interesting thing they can do is like play and not crack a fetch land because they have searing blaze in their deck and they might draw that next turn like that's about the most interesting thing that happens with burn a lot of the time or like if you're playing against a blue deck you wait until they like 
cracked their fetch and they only have one blue open and then you can boros charm them because you know they can't counterspell like you know that 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 happens all the time but um mm-hmm. mill mill does feel like you're playing fancy burn yeah yeah well i i, I still like it uh no, you're allowed to like it so so after tasha's uh we also have treasure vault which uh has been showing up in the affinity lists it is yet another artifact land which is pretty exciting actually i like the fact that they are giving us these artifact lands i wish that the indestructible artifact lands were not enters the battlefield tapped but that is uh that is a (laughs) complaint for a different podcast and they would be straight busted otherwise um and, you know, we've seen a number of uh, the creature lands make it into modern as well. Den of the Bugbear, uh, Hall of the Storm Giant. So um, AFR actually ended up being a pretty high impact set when compared mm-hmm. to, you know, the rest of the standard bound sets of 2021. Pretty surprising, especially since, you know, one of the biggest things people were saying about it was that low average, low overall average power level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just to, to provide a little bit of extra flavor and context, uh, all during this time, uh, so this is post-MH2 release and uh, AFR, we're working on Arayo Prison. Uh, this is when we're really getting into the silver gak lists. Um, and Whoa. we really hadn't given AFR much of a glance at this point. We were still, like, too hyped on Modern Horizons 2. I think we must have spent... I mean, you know, we still obviously are including MH2 cards, but I think we spent a good six, eight weeks just like brewing with the new stuff and just kind of ignored AFR. Yeah, no surprise there. I mean, you know, when Modern Horizons 3 came out, like Zach said, the first thing we were doing was manufacture nonsense. And, you know, like none of those really just like fit in well when you're just trying to create a billion game objects. But yeah, we always, yeah. like, Zach was also pretty early on, like, the blue-white Urza nonsense, and he was messing with portable small, whole little bit of Smith and, you know, bad Oswald Fiddlebender shells. So we were we were working on it a little bit, but yeah, I guess that's a good point, that we were just, Modern Horizons just had so many more cooler things that we did kind of overshadowed. Well, I thought port- I thought Portable Hole was going to be it for the Silver Gak list. I, I was convinced that was what we needed, because prior, I had been getting run over by Prowess, and so here's finally an answer to your stupid monastery swift spears and stuff. And then Prowess is just off the map and Silvergak is in a terrible place because everybody's packing artifact hate and uh, it hurts. It hurts. For real. Yeah, for the food decks. There yeah. were Shatterstorms. There were honest to God Shatterstorms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I lost to him. Uh, yeah. Fracturing um, Gust. Speaking gusts. of. Speaking Oof. of random cards floating around in the metagame, Strixhaven's Culling Ritual. Yes. Yep, yep. Insane against food. Still very good against Hammer Time. Um, yeah, but it's funny words. that I was on Blue-White Urza so early in the format, and that deck is still, like, probably the best Urza deck there is. Um, other than uh, some other crazy experiments from late in the year that came out of me. Um so after AFR, I feel like everything's been kind of a blur since then. In mid-September, we had the release of Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow in middle of November. I'm kind of lumping the two of those together. Definitely. Um, at, at this point, you know, I feel like we were we continued to be heavily uh, invested in Modern Horizons 2 brewing. Um, you know, I think that we, we had some interest in some of these cards, but nothing that really, like, 
got us right uh there was some dollhouse uh some dollhouse brews oh yeah yeah zach zach spent a fair amount of time with dollhouse that's pretty cool but like at this point you know arun you're pretty laser focused on grinding breach uh yeah cfb vegas had been announced yeah and i was doing really well with it like you know every Grinding Grinding Breach was really fun because I remember my first list just like had no DRC, no Ragavan, four rebukes, you know, like I don't know, I don't think even had removal, you know, just all these things. And then just every, you know, every once in a while I'd trophy and just like change the deck a little bit. And then, you know, like Zach would try and give some suggestions and then, you know, do it again, like iterate. And then, you know, I I actually, I I need to double check. I want to check when actually. I wonder how long it took until I find, until I focused, uh, you know, right now I'd say I have like the final list and, you know, even like, it's like four, three, five, maybe only less than less than that card's different from Vegas. But I wonder how long it took me to find, you know, like the the essentially the final finish list uh, that I was happy with. I'll look into that. That'll be interesting for next episode. But you know, just I'd, it had been a long time since I found so much success with like a deck that I'd worked so much on. That's like okay, you know, like and then Vegas was announced. Like okay, like you know, we'll we'll just do this all and we'll just kill all the birds with one stone. <laughs> Well, it's nice to have a goal to work for. I always find that that uh, Definitely. motivates me wonderfully, and it, it makes me sort of streamline my focus down to, like, okay, what's actually important about yeah. what I'm doing with this? And the the nice thing, too, was, like, during this same time period, Zach, you, this is when you were going off with, the creati- with Indomitable Creativity, and you were just killing it, and, you know, so we'd get to play a lot of the challenges together, and, you know, it kind of, like, gave me something to strive for, too, like, oh, you know, like, Zach is doing really well, you know, just, like, we can both kind of do this. So that was very nice. That worked out. The timing worked out well somehow. Well, because we started off together doing that with, uh, you know, the, the little history lesson was we we collaborated on a couple crazy brews like the uh, Sonic Prison deck. And um, uh, we ended up uh, finding that, you know, Urian, Urza, Kinnon, oh, Astrolabe so craziness. beautiful. I know, I know. I, I feel like we were part of the problem that got Astrolabe banned. And, I, I, mean, totally, I mean, that deck was an abomination. Like, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, we were playing though. Blood Moon in it, but we certainly could have if we had chosen to. Yeah, that, um, that is that is wild. That's just, that always blows my mind. It's like, wow, I, we could run Blood Moon in this three-color deck and not have remotely any bit of an issue. Yep, but more to the point is that, you know... it that's when we came to that collaborative experience of like hey it's fun rolling challenges together and you know it's easier to get up at x hour in the morning that's very <laughs> early for both of us you know even though theoretically it's earlier for you you know you're more of a more of a nine to five kind of guy yeah yeah i love so, love me some early mornings right yeah not so much on my side uh but the point is you know it was it was it was nice to have that camaraderie where you know and my 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 youtube or my twitch channel at the time was not so big when I was starting with Velomachus. I was still pretty pretty medium time, uh, small time even, and uh, and it was just like you could hang out in my chat and be like, "Hey, here's how I'm doing. I just finished my round. This is what I played against," and I'd be in the middle of some heated battle, um, and uh, and you know the funny thing is, I'm sure you felt this since you've gone back to some amount of paper play, is that you're like a hardened moto grinder now. And, like, you don't even play that much. Like, you play plenty, but you don't play that much. You're not, like, actually one of the, like, the top-tier moto grinders. And, like, when you go back to paper, people are, like, fumbling around. They don't know how stuff works. They've never seen anything before. Yeah, like, like, I've I've had to explain, like, people like, oh, like, so is this a combo? Like, what's the combo? It's like, whoa. (laughs) It's like, okay, like, I'll I'll demonstrate to you. No problem. It's like, please don't hate me. No, but, but it's like, at the same time, it's like, wait, are you telling me you missed the whole kerfuffle where, 
you know, multiple pro players were saying this is 100% get, get banned. It is hands down the most powerful combo that's ever been discovered in modern. How, like, what I were mean, they thinking? I honestly, it is like probably the most powerful combo in the modern. The issue is that it loses to literally anything like creature hate, graveyard hate, artifact hate, enchantment hate, spell base hate, permanent base hate. Like, every single thing you name hits it. It's so wild. Yeah, but it's funny because in the corresponding um, sort of sister formats, brother and sister formats of Legacy and Pioneer, Underworld Breach has been banned in both of those formats. <laughs> but somehow Modern is the perfect environment where the hate and the enablers are in exact balance with each other that that's <laughs> not necessary. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of beautiful and kind of frustrating. Right, well, because we're missing LED... But we have almost all the hate that Legacy does. Rough. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, for you, for the rest <laughs> of us, it's probably really, really uh, nice to know uh, where we where we stand. Um, anywho, uh, yeah, I mean, and Midnight Hunt Crimson Vow, uh, I mean, among giving us these wonderful gifts and, and the revisiting uh, in terms of cards that have been offered. Uh, we had a card that I thought should have been printed like two years ago. So once upon a time, there was a set called know, Guilds of Ravnica. And Never heard a, of it. A, a, a guild called the Demir, I, I've heard. And they had a mechanic called Surveil, which said, look at the top car X cards of your library. You could put them into your uh, graveyard or leave them in any order on top. And I went, wouldn't it be nice... I'm just spitballing. If we had a card that cost one blue, instant, said surveil one, draw a card. It's like opt, but slightly better in most cases. And somehow that didn't get printed. No, it did. As it a did. matter of fact, yeah, right. right. Well, it, it didn't because it doesn't have surveil. I know. I know. So it can't interact with, um, what is it? <laughs> Something, sur something disinformation campaign. Well, uh, that one disinformation campaign, but there's also something surveillance, <clears throat> which uh, ups your surveil count on anything that surveils by one. Maybe Enhanced two. surveillance. <laughs> Enhanced surveillance. Yes. I mean, I'm not saying we should do it, but if you, if anyone registers <laughs> enhanced surveillance at DRC, I want to see it. Uh, don't tempt me. I wish Lazab surveilled too. During during the uh, the Guilds of Ravnica standard, I was playing uh, like Demir Surveil decks, disinformation campaign, bouncing it back to my ha hand, making people discard while I'm drawing, you know, playing the uh, the the five mana demon that lets you surveil that, that never saw any play outside of standard. <sighs> Doom Whisper. Yes. Yes. Five mana, Ugh. six, six, flample, flying trample. Dream not good eater. enough for standard. Not good enough for standard. Five no, mana, six, six, not. flying trample. Standard no. follows the same rules as the other formats. Sometimes. Well, yeah, but the point is no haste, no enter the battlefield trigger, no protection of any kind. Not good enough. Uh, it's yep. wild to think about. So anyway, yep. uh, we, we got consider. That was a real deal. Uh, things like Faithful Mending, mm -hmm. uh, that was definitely a real deal card. Otherworldly it's funny Gaze. Because, yeah, Otherworldly oh, Gaze. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny in that we were talking about um, Modern Horizons 2, there was a reanimator package in that set 
that never really took off until these cards got printed in a standard set that, you know, reasonably speaking, wasn't going to add that many things to modern. And it, it definitely added a bunch of role players. So that yeah. it's just nice to see that, that we have returned to what I would have expected from before modern horizons, the average standard set would add one to five. And again, five is like a pretty high shot of uh, non planeswalker cards to eternal formats and then the planeswalkers is like sometimes it's a crapshoot like sometimes it's like three out of three and sometimes it's zero out of three it really depends on how they're designing them um the ravnica sets were actually a beautiful balance the ravnica sets were adding like five or six cards per set to the eternal formats but i think that's because they were gold focused yep i feel like gold focused sets tend to add more cards to eternal formats things like assassin's trophy thing like ral uh storm or no ral is it is it by Troy? abrupt decay yeah yeah, exactly. Abrupt K. Uh, just uh, gold, gold-oriented sets in general tend to add more to eternal formats, but um, we're now at that point, and especially because we've got the Modern Horizons sets and the forthcoming uh, uh, Lord of the Rings set, oh, which geez. is next year. Uh, Two years. Oh yeah, yeah, next no, year. No, no, next yeah, year. Yeah. No, next yeah, 2023, year. Twenty twenty-three, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, twenty I think it's 2023. I don't think it's actually coming out this year, but it's coming out. We, we know when it's coming out, or at least year-wise when it's coming out. But anyway, um, we're, we're going to be at a more of a, a slow pace uh, in terms of non-Horizon sets adding to Eternal formats, I think. Thank goodness. Or Let's hope we're so. still in the cooler. Yeah, or uh, that, that or we're still in the cooler, uh, and uh, maybe the power level is going to ramp up again because we know we've got Brothers War and Dominaria oh, United God. coming, and those I'm could be... I'm so hyped for those. Yeah, yeah. Even Neo Kamigawa might have some crazy crap. Like, we've seen some pretty aggressively pushed stuff. The Ninja Planeswalker looks pretty good. So, let's... Looking back at this whole year, talking about all this nonsense and uh, getting to wax philosophical and, and, uh, you know, tell all our old stories, what do you you feel like we carry away from this year? I mean, we... Pretty early on in February was that scorched earth banning where all of modern was upheavaled and then basically the same thing happened again with modern horizons 2 and somehow we went from then to now with realistically not only no ban but now that we're here i think we can all like i can honestly look everyone in the face and say i hate playing against ragavan do i think it should be banned i mean on one quality level of experience yes but otherwise no I've beaten turn one Ragavan in plenty of games where I didn't even remove it. Like, yeah, it's not pleasant. And Jiggy will talk to the fact that he plays Ragavan all the time. He doesn't even appreciate the swinginess sometimes. He's like, wow, I just won this game. That was really dumb. Yeah. No, I shouldn't it... have your, I shouldn't have your Jace on turn two. That, yeah, that's not okay. I, the other day I was facing Eldrazi Tron. I go turn one, uh, Land, Ragavan, Mox, Darcy. They, I think they have like their terminal's expedition map. Uh, swing with Ragavan, hit the Thought Knot Seer, play an Urza Saga, and Mox Treasure Saga in the other land, cast my <laughs> turn to Thought Knot Seer. And I took their Thought Knot Seer that they were going to cast in like two turns, and I said they had like nothing. It's like, okay, this game is over. I'm going to be swinging for like eight to ten a turn, uh, drawing an extra card from their deck, and it, it, it's disgusting. But man, That's you right. know. But- is it kind of fun Drawing sometimes? an extra card of their deck, which could be literally nothing, or depending on the game state, like the most backbreaking, insane card ever. 
Yep, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's just the ceiling is too high, man. There should be something about that. But it, it's not yeah. offensive enough to ban, so it's very strange. Well, it's so easy to kill it. Unless it's not. Unless they're defending it with Inquisitions, Thought Seizes, Spell Pierces, Counter Spells. Like, it's just... Yeah, it's, it's just... It's tough. And... You know, in one way, it's nice that the format's getting pointed towards early game interaction being important, because otherwise the whole format would be Urian four color ephemerate decks. You know, um, and that's not a fun experience to lose no, to either. Like no, every time not. you like, as a playing an honest like I don't know Jun mid range deck, you're like, here's my card, and they're like, I'm gonna kill it and draw a card. I'm gonna kill your other thing and draw a card. Oh, you didn't do anything this turn. I'm gonna draw three cards. Um, so. Anyway, the point was, Modern is pretty amazing right now, and it has been for, like, I don't know, like, three months straight at least. I feel like I've been able to say pretty much the same thing of, like, on the competitive level, it has never been more diverse and open to people discovering new strategies that either in the short term or they can be developed into a long, long-term long deck that can assault the top level of the format in a consistent way. It, it has never been this open. It's just never been this open. Yeah, it does feel incredibly open. And, uh, you know, I think that... Okay, I, I mean, it is open. It, Jiggy just won with a brew that he has been working on for a solid year now. And I think that this underscores the point that uh, I want everybody to take away from this, which is... Um, you know, look back and watch how these brews evolved. And I hope that that encourages uh, everybody to get out there and brew yourself and also illustrates how really, really difficult it is to get things right on the first try or the second try mm -hmm. or even the 15th try. And sometimes the cards you need just haven't been printed yet, right? Like yep. that breach deck really opened up with some of the Modern Horizons 2 cards, which <laughs> is the story with... Saw, yeah, and, you know, you needed... Uh, you just needed a plan B with Breach. It's just, you know, if your opponent has graveyard hate, what can you do? And Saga mm -hmm. was absolutely perfect, where it synergizes with your random garbage artifacts. And then also, you know, just be like, finds your combo pieces, finds half your combo, and then just beats up when they have artifact, when they have graveyard hate. So, you know, I think you put it really well. Like, if you have a deck or you have a concept that you've been liking that's missing something, keep it on the back burner, keep it in the back of your mind. And one day, Wizard, you know, it's only a matter of time until Wizard messes up and prints a one mana legendary mana dork. And like uh -huh. all hell breaks loose and probably they ban Amber instead of the mana dork. And then, you know, <laughs> just break my heart again. Why not? But, you know, it'll probably okay, happen but eventually. You, you have to give me the heads up because just like with my Mox Opals, I've got my four Mox Ambers and I need to sell out of those before you get them banned. Yeah, I know, right? Like it's... So just let me know like six weeks Hold. before you get them banned and I will uh, sell out. I'll try Hold if I, If I see a nasty... Right now, like... I'm hoping for a single mana blue legendary creature that's pretty uh, decent uh, from uh, Kamiga from the new Kamigawa. That would probably be good for Breach. But then you know, if I see that Jack, I'll let you know because that might be the beginning of the end and the beginning of the ban. Keep keep all your your soon to be banned cards. I have a, a page in one of my binders, so I have a binder specifically for artifacts. And the front page <laughs> of it, the first page is uh, Chrome Mox. Two playsets of uh, Mox Opal, uh, like Astrolabe. It's just like it's it's my banned artifacts page. Uh, although 
you know, the the foil set of the judge foil set of uh, Mox Opals. Uh, thank you, Judge Rob, for your kindness. Uh-huh. Uh, is uh, is in play in Legacy, but you know, Sad hold on to those beautiful. things. Exactly. He sent me well, I'm, sent I'm them to me with to a my... note. It was like, sorry, you can't play these, and I was like, jokes on you. I'm playing Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm holding on to my Uros until the day I die. Amen. Uh, if it ever gets unbanned in modern, I'm sleeving, I'm sleeving it up ASAP. Like, I'm ready to go. I've got my four Uros. And I sold it, I sold my Okos. I sold my Damn. Okos. Honestly, he could stay out forever. I really don't care. I liked playing it when I was there, but I had no emotional attachment to playing that card. It was fine. It was fun. But it wasn't anything like Uro or Astrolabe. So I've got my eight Astrolabes, four German, four English, and uh, my my four euros just hanging out together in my binder. And my no my euros sit side by side with my okos. Yep, yep, as they should. Uh-huh. Um, and you you made a little note here that's really nice, and I have to say it's totally true. Um, all the Indomitable Creativity decks I've been playing recently are sick. Uh, this week I five would with a blue red version that was pioneered by Demonic Tutors, as far as I could tell. Um, and it was super smooth. Then I played uh, an Archon Creativity deck, which was Five basically colors. my normal build with... Well, it was my normal build, but playing Archon of Cruelty in the main and, like, a couple Thought Seasons in the side. And, like, we tweaked the mana base to have two black sources. But that went 4-1, and we got... So I lost the 5-0 because I didn't mulligan hard enough in Game 3 against Burn. Um, go figure that Burn kills me. Uh, and today... I ran two four ones with, of all things, Velomachus turns. And the first version I played, and I kid you not, we played early 2021 Velomachus turns. I had four lightning bolts, no prismatic endings, no hard evidence, played four growth spirals, Whew. and our only loss was to a blue-red creativity deck. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Then, then I played an updated Velomachus turns list with some new cards, also went 4-1. Only loss was to Eyelash TV being coached by Bob49 playing Belcher. And we went to three games. Nice. Dang. Yeah, it was sick. It yeah, was sick. I mean, you, so, you're, and you know, like, you ha- you've you never done worse than X3, any of the challenges you played in. Like, you're, you, you kill yep. it with creativity. It's nuts. You've been playing it well. You've been playing a lot of it. You've been playing every variation. You've come up with all the variations. You know, it was, once again, I think this kind of emphasizes that modern... You know, even with all these powerful Modern Horizons 2 cards, and even the formats kind of change, I think it's still, you know, a format where if you specialize in something and if you get good at the deck that you know, you can be really successful with it. Even if it's, you know, even, even if it's only Tier 2 or Tier 2.5, you can still find success pretty frequently with it, uh, which is honestly the most endearing thing about Modern to me personally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That That's all I've ever wanted out of format, and it feels like Modern for a while but now more authentically than ever is that format mm-hmm. yeah like it, i think it kind of used to be that like you could show up with almost randomness and you know it's still do fun in a modern tournament but now like the deck has to at least be like decent but if you're you know but if your deck is at least decent and if you play it well i think you can definitely do well all right well Let's put a bow on 2021. Let's say um, maybe fuck off to all the awful things that <laughs> happened and uh, just remember fondly the the good things. And um, yeah. let's look forward to hopefully a better 
better 2022. Uh, I hope so. Yeah. Without further ado, or any more preamble, I bring you Bops and Dubs, baby! Jiggy, I believe you wanted an opening opening tirade. Yeah, I mean, I have, you know, so I have one bumps, one dumps. Uh, I have dumps to Arena. You know, I recently, I kind (laughs) of, I love Grixis Resolve, and I wanted to feel alive again. I wanted to feel something again. So I, a while ago, I built Grixis Lazav Shadow in Arena uh, for Historic, and so I pulled that up and I kind of modified the cards. I made Lurch as my companion. Uh, you know, I don't care for Arena, so I just played best of one in Historic, and I was actually doing pretty good uh, until I got to Diamond, and I think in Diamond, it used, like, coming up to Diamond, you win a game, you get two points, you lose a game, you lose one, and you get five, you get to a new tier. Once you get to Diamond, uh, a win is one point, and a loss is one point. So, like, it's nearly impossible to, like, quickly progress. You have to win a lot more than you lose. Uh, and, like, in best one, it's not possible. I want to devote more time. So, like, I was having fun. Lazav croaxing. Uh, and plus Tiny Bones. Tiny Bones is sick. I want that card in Modern Horizons, too. Like, Tiny, Bo- Tiny Bones is so sick with Lazav and Kroxa. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I can't do it. I don't have the time. And, like, it's just such a predatory economy, man. Like, you have to win two. I have to win twice as much as I lose to level up. That's nuts. No way I'm going to be able to do that in the best of one, and especially playing a deck that, you know, it is going to turn one, whatever, like, crappy one red drop. You're just like, shit, I can't beat this anymore. My deck just <laughs> kills itself with its mana base. <coughs> so the thing, you know, dumpster is a little sad. I was, I was feeling something for a little bit. I was feeling alive, uh, but then I was feeling, you know, I wasn't feeling the Lazav Crooks anymore. Uh, but I'll keep them, keep them in my back pocket. Uh, but then huge bumps to Banjo-Kazooie, uh, the old N64 platformer. Uh, there's an, the N64 port is finally coming to the Switch this month. Uh, I, I've honestly been waiting for this for like, how old am I? Uh, you know, like 20 plus, like it's crazy how long I wanted to play this again. I know you can just go grab it on the Xbox, yada yada, uh, but I don't have one and you didn't want to get one. Uh, but Vendrick Kazooie is one of my favorite games. You know, Jiggy Wiggy, the moniker I use online, uh, comes from it actually. I'm super excited. It's going to be a sweet trip, trip down nostalgia lane. I'm going to play the hell out of it. Nice. That was one of my favorite cartridges when I was a kid. That game was amazing. So good. Amazing. The, the music is fantastic. Uh, yep. I mean, the gameplay is so good. Um, now, I, I was actually in a, a stream of someone who speedruns that game as one of the many or few games they speedrun almost all N64 games. i got to ask you, Jiggy, this, this pointed question. If you were to hand the average person Super Mario 64 and Banjo-Kazooie, what do you think that they would think is the better game? I don't see. I feel like they might even say Banjo-Kazooie. It's, like, more fun and it's more colorful and, you know, it's, like, more goofier, more wacky. Like, the Mario game is kind of... It's cool and, and interesting, but, like, it's slightly less interesting because it kind of assumes the people who already play are invested in Mario as a character and, you know, like, those sorts of things. But because Banjo-Kazooie didn't have that, like, uphold re- reputation... Uphold is just more zany and more wacky. I think in a vacuum it exists as, like, a better game. I, yeah, I mean, it's certainly more wacky and more sort of um, loudly characterful. Yeah, 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 um, well put. But the most important thing is they're very different. Uh, one of the things, Banjo-Kazooie has all sorts of nonsense. The the pre-boss thing where you go through the quiz show on the lava pit. Incredible. Freaking amazing. Like, so good. It's just one of those things that like will will forever stand so loudly in my memory is like, okay, we got through all these crazy platforming worlds where we had to figure out all this stuff and then 
what? Quiz we're, show? We're playing a board game? <laughs> and so, we got to answer quizzes? Quiz questions? So good. Oh, man. I, it was I really fun, it. but, like, but, but, like, of course it was, but it was so random and eclectic. Whereas, like, Mario is, like, all right, it's a platformer, and it just kind of scales up in complexity. And, yeah, there's a few mechanical things, and it's... It is still to this day an excellent, excellent platformer. For sure. Um, but that was the emphasis. Like, they, they, there wasn't a lot of mini games. Like, yeah, there's the super slide, but most of them are pretty small and short. And like, the excellence of it was like executing these really sweet like wall kick, back flips, like slide oh, yep, yep, yep. things, and like, and that was super fun. And uh, and uh, Banjo Kazooie didn't quite quite have that tuned in uh, movement. But it no, had for sure. tons of other amazing things going, like turning into ants. Yes. How about you, Zach? What do you got? Oh, man. Uh, if I had a bump, it would be to my dad. Uh, just getting to visit my dad, seeing how far he's come along uh, as a human being. I mean, so most of my childhood, he was kind of like going through university and getting into the uh, IT business. And, and he was doing that from his you know, mid thirties to his mid forties. And then he kind of finally hit his stride when I was uh, just getting into university and moved to Florida. And man, he has had like, just, he's just set himself so up so wonderfully down there. He's got his dog and he's got his biking group and he's got his little, little condo in Florida. And it's, uh, it's just like, he's, I, I made pasta for the first time ever because uh, his girlfriend has a KitchenAid with the pasta attachment that he bought and the pasta cutting attachment. Oh, fun. And he was like, all right, feed that through there and then keep turning up the dial. And I did it and I did it all right. And we have pictures of it and it was great. Uh, fun fact, I tried f- fresh pasta for the first time ever on that trip. So good. I don't care for it. I don't care for it. Wow. What it's, a chump. Uh, hmm. I-, I just made pasta tonight. You know, box pasta, cooked al dente, a little salt in the water, excellent sauce. And I got to tell you, I like it better. I like it better. His right. short ribs were amazing, like what we put with the pasta. Pasta itself, I could take it or leave it. I, <laughs> I will take the box pasta for now. That's maybe fair. this is maybe it's just a thing where I need to spend more time with it, get a little more educated with it. But I was not ready for that taste or texture. Did not do it for me. Um, mm. But that's okay. That's okay. That just means there's more for other people. Um, there are plenty of wonderful high class things in this world. Caviar, blue cheese that I do not care for. I've tried multiple times and I just don't care for it, and that's fine. Um, cycling in Peloton, as we alluded to earlier, that was amazingly fun. Uh, and uh, turns out I can I can rip pretty good on a bike. I was uh, outstripping some people who cycle frequently. Now I do have nice. age on my side since they were mostly at least 50 plus. Uh, <laughs> but they're, they're, they're fit 50 plus year olds, all right? Oh, they're yeah. fit 50 oh, yeah. plus year olds, so. Uh, yeah, just generally that. And to getting to rewatch my favorite movie of all time, Watchmen, uh, that I showed to my dad. And I gave him a little pre-prep on it, but at the end of it, he was like, wow, that was not what I expected. And that was a lot. I'm like, yeah, well, it's a good thing we watched the theatrical cut and not the director's cut, which is like another like hour and ten minutes long. Damn. Yeah. Mostly fluff, but but good fluff if you're into it. Brian, take us out of here, buddy. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go ahead and just give a bumps to childcare. 
Uh, we have been <laughs> without childcare for uh, about a month now. Um, you know, daycare was closed, and uh, actually, wow. we have. I mean, it was closed for the holidays. We expected that. Mm. But then uh, on Monday morning, uh, my wife called and said, hey, you know, everybody's traveling for the holidays and whatnot. Are you taking any extra precautions? And the administrator at the daycare said, hey, look, I'm just going to level with you. I'm telling this to any parent that cares enough to call in. Uh, If you want your kid to be safe, you should probably just keep them home this week if you can afford to. And she was like, good enough for me. So we Damn. have had him home all week and we were vindicated because there was an outbreak of COVID. Um, so, yeah, but I am exhausted and I was really hoping to have some amount of break where I wasn't responsible for another small human. Uh, and that never came to pass. So at some point in the, uh, in the future, I am hopefully going to take some days off when he has returned to daycare. But uh, so I'm going to say bumps to childcare and uh, dumps to uh, COVID, I guess, because that's really just the cause of and also, uh, you know, um, uh, the catalyst for Everything. many awful things and many good things, uh, as we said, because this show probably wouldn't have come about if it weren't for that as well. Uh, so that's that's it for me this week. All right. Yeah. Well, as much as 2021 was a, uh, let's say, a mostly positive but mixed bag for magic, uh, so has been the whole thing. So, yeah, it's time to go. It's time to get out of here. We've talked about a, a big, long year, and we've got a big, long year in front of us with uh, almost as much change guaranteed as the last one. Yeah, should be should be exciting, if nothing else. Hell yeah. 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 All right. So have a good one, everybody. Yeah, Take we'll care, be back everyone. in two weeks and one month at the very minimum. And then uh, should developments change in the future, maybe even after that. Yeah, See we'll, you soon. We'll keep you all we'll posted. Touch. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to episode 33 of the Serum Visions podcast. If you like what we do and you want to get in touch with us, you can find us at twitter.com slash serumvisionsmtg. Email us at serumvisionspod at gmail.com or join us on Discord from the link from the episode description of your podcast player or at serumvisions.podbean.com. Grixis Lothoff Breach was never real. Yeah, I was gonna. I, I, I was just gonna let that go. I was just letting that comment go. I, it wasn't. Oh, back then it was real. No, it wasn't. No, <laughs> it wasn't. But I loved it, Zach. I loved it.